0: Abide with me, abide with me. This is the Influencers Network podcast. I'm your host, Brian Craig. I'm the executive director for Influencers Global Ministries here in Bentonville, Arkansas. And uh, I've got a special guest today uh, coming via Zoom (laughs) via Corpus Christi, Texas. Uh, I'd like to introduce you all to Scott Lawson. Welcome, Scott. Thank you very much, Brian. I appreciate it. Yeah, so uh I want you guys to know Scott and uh talk I want to interview him a little bit about his work with our uh, our virtual journey groups which are is a growing part of our ministry and and also uh He's been very involved in some of the international uh, work via virtual, but has gotten him involved in meeting people all over the world uh, who are interested in learning how to make disciples and all that. So so welcome, Scott. And uh, once you let them get to know you a little bit, Talk, tell, tell everybody a little bit about your who you are uh, as far as your family and how you ended up in Corpus Christi and uh, and maybe how you got involved with the journey and what that's meant to you. And we'll start there.
1: Okay. Sounds great. Um, I, uh, I grew up in Southeast Kansas and, and, uh, my wife and I raised our, our family in in Northeast Oklahoma. And we spent a little bit of time in, in Missouri. Um, uh, during my, during my career, we found ourselves when the three children that we raised started having children of their own, we found ourselves, uh, spending a lot of our time trying to see those grandchildren. And, uh, the first grandchild was was uh, born to my my oldest, uh, which is my daughter, and and she and her husband lived in Corpus Christi. So that's what brought us here, was okay. uh, was grandchildren. And we we've got uh, three uh, grown children, five grandchildren now, um, and they're kind of spread out in different parts of of the U.S. But uh, but the 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 one that came along first was down here in Corpus Christi and and from Missouri my wife and I found ourselves making a trip about every month or so to Corpus and and eventually said let's figure out a way to get down there. So uh, I came down here my career had been in manufacturing uh so we came down here but after being here for a few years we we uh, I retired early. I shouldn't say we. She she works for a ministry down here in Corpus Christi but I retired early and that all kind of took place as I was uh, Getting involved in in the journey, so it's it's pretty obvious when you look back on it how God God's hand was in every phase of my of my life there. Yeah, you
0: were in you were in Tulsa for a brief time, but you never got exposed to the journey in Tulsa, did you?
1: It's true. While I lived in Tulsa, I was not exposed to it. Now, the, Tulsa still has a has a, a part in that. Um, the, a friend of mine and and uh, someone I do business with lives in Tulsa, and there was a point in time between 10 and 15 years ago when uh, he and I were talking business. And then when we finished that, we were just talking about life. And And as a Christian brother, I, I was sharing some things about my desire to go deeper than than what I'd found in men's ministries and, and church. And And uh, Rich made the comment uh, before we hung up, you need the journey. And uh, I, I didn't have any idea what he was talking about. So he gave me a little brief uh introduction to it and, and, uh, told me about a website and, and, uh, I dug into it pretty deep after that. Uh, I, I, I became a, a frequent podcast listener. This is, this is right up my alley. See, That's, this is this is <laughs> great. I had no idea back then I might be on a podcast at some point, but, and I received the abide emails and got involved and looked forward to being in a journey group. I, I couldn't wait to get in a journey group. But uh, when I contacted you, you let me know that Miami, Oklahoma, didn't have a journey group, and uh, mm-hmm. and even after my uh, life seemed pretty stable, and I had been in one job in one in one place for decades, and expected to retire from there, the Lord had different plans, and uh, so my manufacturing career took several steps over the next few years, and 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 took me to some new cities, and along the way. I continued to contact contact this uh, this Brian guy and and ask, hey, where, where, do we have a journey group in this city? And uh, I continued to get the the uh, the feedback. Well, no, but you you know you you might want to consider uh, starting one or or learning more about it. But anyway, it it, it eventually I on one of the podcasts in sometime in 2018, I heard this guy named Tom C. Uh, telling Ryan Craig about the uh, Zoom groups that have taken Uh place, virtual groups. They they weren't meeting in person. And uh, there was even a a commencement that took place at at Soto, where these guys that hadn't hadn't, uh, met each other, but had seen each other uh, virtually in in a journey group, uh, came together in one place. And that that got me pretty excited. And within a few weeks, I actually was on the phone with Mr. Tom C and uh-huh. being invited to participate in a virtual journey group and uh, and that was life-changing for me. Of course, the journey group's life-changing for many, many people. but I think maybe in the influencer circle, I kind of became the poster child for virtual groups because i mm. I quickly uh, realized that was that was a ministry I wanted to be a part of. and not only was a journey impactful in my life but uh the idea that lots of people out there don't necessarily have the opportunity or it's not ideal for them to meet in an in person group but but virtual groups could could accommodate them and i I knew that as well as anyone so uh so I got pretty uh i got pretty on fire about uh, about promoting virtual journey groups i've i've uh, in that few years since then i i think i've I've been a part of five or six groups, and and uh, mm-hmm. and it's uh, it's been it's been a joy. I thought going through the journey was great, but but guiding is is uh, oh yeah, as great, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, been fabulous. And God's really been he's grown me in many ways through through that whole experience. I'm glad
0: you recounted uh, what happened with you as far as trying to get into a journey group because we I was getting a lot of I started uh, in 16. As you know, in my role now, and uh, started fielding calls and you know web website requests and things like that for hey, do you have journey near me? You know, and often we we did not. You know, and I'd say no, we don't. Uh, You could lead one if you want, but most people just aren't ready to step up to lead something they don't really know much about or how it works and all that. There's a few that maybe feel confident to do that if they've led a lot of Bible studies or whatever, but um, you know, I always felt this feeling of ah we're letting a man, leaving a man behind, you know? And, right. uh, so I really, that is what prompted us this, this idea of trying it virtually. And uh, of course it happened in, uh, 18 was the first year fall of 18 was when we did the first group and threw it out there on the, on the email. Hey, is anybody interested or, or do you know somebody who lives in a city where we don't have groups? And, and uh, we got quite a list of nominations. I mean, I think it started pretty big, like thirty guys, and it whittled down to the you know about fifteen guys or whatever, twelve to fifteen. I can't remember exactly, but um, I think you must have gone through in nineteen. That the fall of nineteen must have been your first year. I'm guessing that sounds
1: right. Yeah, um, yeah. I bet you're right.
0: <clears throat> yeah, and of course, you know, we tell the story because it's pretty fascinating that God's always getting us ready for things that we don't know about. We had no idea this pandemic was coming in 20. Twenty, and we by the time that happened, we already were pretty proficient using Zoom, this new technology called Zoom. And uh, at the, I think in the fall of nineteen, we had 20, 20 virtual groups. Went from one to about twenty, and so people are realizing it it was viable. And then uh, when of course, when COVID hit, everybody had to look at going virtual because you couldn't meet in person and all that. So uh, got us so good. And and furthermore, I think. It has exploded the ministry. I mean, the the ability to to meet in journey groups and not have to be in the same city has allowed open doors for people all over the country. So uh, when when we throw out little numbers and we're not numbers people, but when we say that we ship to 400 cities in America in 48 states, it's because of virtual. A lot of the re- reason why that's happened. So uh, so anyway, it's uh, it's pretty pretty amazing. And I know there's uh, some people like oh. I, I'm sick of zoom. I don't want, I want to meet live and that's fine, you know, but, uh, but we can't ignore what God's doing and using these, uh, using the technology to reach people that would not be reached otherwise. So, so yeah, if, you know, about a year ago or whenever it was, I I said, I need somebody to kind of oversee that. And Scott, you, you were the most passionate guy I knew maybe next to Tom C about, <laughs> uh, about virtual groups and, uh, asked you to start helping if you would mind helping, Organize and get guys plugged in. So, so what have you seen uh, since you've started? I know you've guided a lot of groups and you've been part of some, but now you're kind of on the back end of seeing the requests come in and all that. What? what tell me some of your observations of where we are right now with with virtual groups and needs and needs for guides and all that kind of stuff.
1: The uh, the the need seems great, you know, in in lots of different ways. Uh, we now have registrations on the online for people to register for uh, journey groups and and they can select virtual and so um i through our uh, coordinating I, I get that list of people who have who have logged on and and said they'd like to attend a virtual journey group and i sort those you know women's groups couples groups men's groups sometimes they're age uh, related we've got a College age girls group and you know different different things like that. So I try to sort those and then I try to tie them into someone who is guiding uh, a virtual group or planning to. And uh, but that it it sometimes becomes tough because I don't have as many as many guides as what we'd like. Uh, and we're doing guide training too all the time. And and a number of those people are are interested in in guiding virtual groups. I I do feel like most people, either as a guide or as a participant, don't think of virtual first. Um, there aren't that many things they've been involved in that were virtual. You know, they think of an in-person meeting of some type, you know, what mm-hmm. whatever their life experience has been, whether it was Sunday school or support groups or, you know, any number of different things, they, in mentorship even, a lot of times they just relate to that, you know, being in person. But but the, the virtual has a number of advantages. Of course, as you mentioned, a, there are a lot of us. I am one who just didn't have another group in their city, and it, it may not have been appropriate to start guiding without having gone through the experience myself. But, uh, but there, there are a number of other advantages, too. You know, people, people that are traveling uh, for business or even pleasure, uh, if, if they're in a virtual group, they can, they can still join. You know I've joined from cities uh, you know all over America and didn't have to miss uh, a journey group meeting because I happen to be traveling for business or or even vacation a few times, uh, different things like that. it's It's also uh, very true even even when you're in the same city, when you meet in person, there's a significant amount of commute time for a lot of people to and from a meeting. And if they're stuck at work late, and think oh I can't get there in time you know well they may miss that meeting but you know virtually people get stuck at work late if they've got wi-fi at work they can just log in from the office or you know however however it might be convenient for them a lot of people can do uh lunchtime journey groups and if they had to drive someplace and then drive back maybe the amount of time they have for lunch from work wouldn't work but if they can just sit at their desk at work and just log on to the to the uh the zoom group they can they can do that I've got uh, I, I had a guy mentioned something recently his real ministry as in as a journey group guide is to young uh fathers and uh he said he's he one of the things he mentioned was, it just it just bothers me to think that these young fathers who are trying to be husbands and fathers to their children are leaving the house to go to a journey group someplace. I love it that I can do mine virtually and they're there. They're still with their wife. They're still with their their children. They're just you know at home you know logging on to this group and they're not taken away from their family as long as they would have to be if they you know drove to a group or or did, did different things like that. So there, there are a number of advantages. When people actually think through what would a virtual group be like, they, they they may realize there's there's some advantages to it that they they might not have otherwise considered.
0: Yeah, I've 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 also heard of young moms who would like to be part of a journey group, but the best time for them is after the kids are in bed, and mm-hmm. uh, and and some of them will kind of have their me time, you know, after the kids are in bed from eight till. 10 30 or whatever and so they they don't mind having a journey group in that time slot you know right. every other week or whatever and yeah. uh and they can do a zoom and not have to you know worry about leaving the kids obviously yeah. you know if, if their husbands travel or whatever you know so
1: but the time of day is got is kind of, it's been a learning experience for me as i've you know tried to coordinate with people i i i have to admit i went into this with a a pretty limited perspective of what it was. I guess I just had my own experience, you know, to consider. But I was so specific. I was even thinking, well, I need to sort people by time zones, you know, because if if they're doing a lunchtime group and they're on the East coast, well, that's not going to work for somebody on the West coast or, you know, or if they're doing a before work or if they're doing after work or whatever it was, I need to have people in the same time zone. But I quickly realized there are people looking for a, a time slot all different time people that are shift workers that work different times a day, or as you mentioned, you know, you know, some late in the evening that might've been later than someone else would even consider reasonable or somebody else very early in the morning as the best time, or, you know, we've gotten into, some pretty wide ranging time zones now that we've got some international groups. And I even had a group a while back at midnight, they said that actually was going to be the best time for them as a couple to attend a, a journey group, which shocked me. I just assumed that this group won't work for them, but you know, it's, it's just when you, when you really open it up and say, you know, what, what, what will work for, for each of these people, you know, everyone's unique. It's, it's a, there's a wide, wide range. So I've, I've learned to just be a little more open with that. Let's let's just let's just yeah. let's find out a little bit more about you know is this a couples group, a men's group, a women's group? What is it that fits them, and then let the the guide and the and the participant kind of discuss what times would work for them. And a lot of times, it's not what I expected at all.
0: Well, and you know, before before COVID, uh, there would have been a lot of people that would have been intimidated by technology and not, not known how to do video conference or wouldn't have had a webcam or whatever. I remember those days because we used to try to do a staff call video and we always had all these challenges and people didn't know how to do it and all that. I think COVID trained uh, a whole world <laughs> of people in, and now it's like second nature to most people to do a Zoom call or to do a a FaceTime call or to do whatever however whatever Google Meet whatever you use um it doesn't matter but um you know so maybe like WhatsApp last year, yeah WhatsApp oh yeah that's they got a video feature it's it's really becoming easy for people and almost mm-hmm. everybody has high speed internet or some form uh, almost everybody's got a a smartphone that has more computer technology and then the first space mission, you know? Um, and so, uh, my, my 81 at the time, 81 year old father-in-law went through my journey group last year and, uh, it was a virtual group and he could do it. You know, he could get on and, and he learned how to, to get in, log in. It was no big deal, you know? So, uh, pretty amazing. But, uh, so let's talk about, um, you know, how the journey works. I mean, the journey is designed, you know, to guide somebody into an intimate abiding relationship with Christ. So, so does virtual get in the way of that in any way, or is there any challenges to that, uh, to our mission, uh, with virtual?
1: I, I'll answer that question the best I can, but I'm not really an expert in anything about but virtual. So, so <laughs> if it if, it's, if there's some advantage to in person that I don't realize, it might just be because I don't have much of it, much experience with it. But certainly there can be there there can be some situations, even technology, as you mentioned. Most people are more comfortable with it. There still can be people who aren't comfortable with it, or situations where where it's not available or it's not, it's not high speed or, or it's not a good bandwidth, you know? So there yeah. there can be some glitches and in, in different circumstances and situations. So that can happen. So we just need to go into it prepared for. It. And even as experienced as many of us are with zoom, you know, you still have that, you haven't muted. you have not unmuted? Uh, we got background noise, you know, you've got all those types of things to deal with. But it's, it's no, you know, it's, it's no bigger burden than it is for a you know, typical office meeting on on Zoom, I I'd never even heard of Zoom when when I first heard this podcast about it. My first exposure to Zoom was the the podcast about about the virtual journey group, but of course everyone's heard of Zoom since COVID. It, it it's not a it's not an unknown at all. Um, I think as as I was listening, to the advantages of it a while ago. There there are a lot of uh, considerations for, for people whenever they can. Whenever they talk about that, do they have Wi-Fi? Do they have another another thing that I've had to bring up to people is do you have um, the privacy uh, that most journey groups um, expect? I mean, many of us will start journey groups with "What's said here stays here." Let's keep what's said here confidential. Um, and you know, sometimes that's not as effective if you you can see the children and the and the spouse in the background walking by, or if or if people are you know are are sharing intimate things on a Zoom call and they they see someone they don't know that's uh, that's just looking over the shoulder of, of a participant. So you know, a few things like that where we can encourage people use use headphones and not the speaker on your on your uh, on your computer if you're if you're in a situation where others might uh, might hear. And of course, some groups, that's not as uh, important as other groups. But in some groups, there's there's some real revealing that that happens where people are opening up and it's not appropriate to have, you know, they have that. So there's yeah, there's some considerations there. Oftentimes, you have a, a few more distractions to deal with, you know, if, if they're on Zoom from home, uh, you know, the pets and the, someone coming to the door and, and the phone ringing and, uh, you know, the, the other things it's uh, obviously there's some benefit to having a, a room that uh, where a door can be closed and, and the participant be in there, but that's not always available. So you have yeah. some, some considerations that way too. Um, So well there, yeah, yeah, there, there, there's several things to kind of, to kind of deal with.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I think, and I've done both, uh, and I will say that, uh, you know you can have uh different issues with a live group too you know of group dynamics and and how you run the group and and where you're meeting location yeah you know, there's you know there's different things like that but but i would say the fruit of what we're hoping for is people abiding with christ and then they're in turn becoming fruit bearers and you know disciple makers and all that um i've seen that happen in a virtual group just as much as i've seen it
1: right in a regular oh, yeah. group there's no doubt about it uh, i mean that they the the chills that it gives you to see the the uh, the person really really growing close to the Lord and really beginning to understand the importance of being in God's Word and and their virtual uh, their their uh, relationship is it, it, with with the Lord uh, that happens on a virtual group is, is is just as compelling as as it is in person and and those things that uh, the the other thing people may question is what about the uh, the uh, prayer retreats and there've been a lot of kind of creative things done but uh, I think most in-person groups expect to meet together off-site, uh, oftentimes someplace in nature, uh, where they can all walk away from a central campfire or meeting room or whatever it might be, and and uh, take a lawn chair and and uh, and their Bible and their journal and and go off to be alone with the Lord. Uh, but that's not that much different with our virtual groups. Uh, there there have been some. Uh, some things that we've done that, that might be somewhat different than what, than what people would do in person. But I think some might be uh, even, even more impactful uh, in different ways. So we, I've done it a few different ways, but we often have had situations where let's meet on Saturday. We don't, there's not as much reason to ever even consider an overnight stay, you know with a virtual group, but a prayer retreat that's going to be several hours, if we can meet on a Saturday morning, have a virtual meeting, go over what information we typically uh, have in our you know in our leaders' guide and and how we prepare people for it, have them uh, leave the zoom and and go to their own place. Mm-hmm. it might be in nature and there, that might be a local park it might be a, a a property that they own it might be a farm it might be a beach it might be a you know we've got people all over going to different places but they're alone with the lord for that period of time and then have another zoom meeting a few hours later where we can we can get back together so uh that there's there's not a lot lost there I mean I can tell you that's wonderful i don't i don't want to I don't want to reveal too many of the things that are that are surprises for many people when they get to commencement, but I've seen some pretty creative ways that even the things that people thought needed to be in person uh, could be done uh, over over Zoom for those too. Some of our Zoom groups, though, are able to get together in person for the retreats. Mm-hmm. So we've we've had some that were somewhat regional. You know, they may live a few hours away from each other where it wouldn't have been it wouldn't have been uh easy for them to meet every other week or every week in person. But, you know, once every three months getting together has has worked well for them. And some that aren't even that regional, some that that made long trips uh to get together for at least commencement or maybe maybe, you know, more more of the uh the uh, the prayer retreats. So it's mm-hmm. it's it takes a little it's a little different I'm sure than than what the the in person would would always be but uh hey it still works and and people are are growing closer to the Lord and they're understanding their their uh their own relationship with God and 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 how it can how it can be improved how they can be obedient and mm-hmm. uh and that that vertical relationship is still you know it's still a focus the the horizontal relationship will happen to some degree and you you might be Surprised how how much camaraderie and friendship you know develops over a screen. Uh, sometimes when those that have only seen each other on Zoom get together, they're surprised at the height of the different participants. <laughs> those that they were meeting in person for the first time and thought they were shorter or taller because they were all the same height on a uh-huh. <laughs> on a Zoom call. But those those relationships can be can be very very close and and uh, it's pretty exciting to go through. A transformative experience like a journey group with someone else that you haven't met in person and then finally get a chance to give them a hug and and, uh, and discuss what God's done in your life.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, and we have, we always have to remember. And you're alluding to this when you talk about the vertical. Is that the real journey is the assignments? I mean, the the real journey is you and the Lord and your journal and the Bible. You know, talking about and chewing on these things, journaling, and that's where the transformation usually happens. The, the groups uh, are an encouragement. They're uh, they might reinforce things sometimes someone will share a nugget of of truth that they found it'll bless somebody else. You know, there's th- great things happen in the meetings, but it's not the whole thing. The the, the main thing Absolutely. is you and the Lord, that vertical. Um, and I should say also that um, some people have done hybrids, what we call hybrids where they'll have five or six people that live nearby and they will meet somewhere together and then they'll bring other people in remotely. Um, right. That's my least favorite only because the person, you know, coming in almost feels like they're looking over everyone's shoulder rather as we're when a regular zoom call you're seeing them up close and personal on their face and all that. So, but, but, you know, again, whatever it takes to, to reach people, it's, it's right. this idea of no man left behind, no woman left behind. Um, you know, you can, these people that are hungry to know everyone who's hungry to go on the journey to know Christ more intimately, we want them to be able to get on the journey. Absolutely. So, uh, so if you're out there listening and, uh, just pray about maybe, uh, leading a virtual group. And, uh, again, we'll do training and help you know how to do it and help you with the little nuances that you might be concerned about. Um, and, and, uh, Scott will be funneling people your way, <laughs> likely if you just tell him and sign up, uh, this, we have the signups by the way, they're on the journey page on the website under the journey tab. Uh, there's a place in there. If you're interested in the journey, there's also a Registration, if you'd like to guide a journey, both of those are on our website. You can find those, um, or you can just just put a contact form out there, and I'll get those, and we can we can get you hooked up if you're interested in in leading. But uh, but yeah, we have people regularly finding us through the Bible app, uh, Devos, or through the podcast, or through a friend, um, and uh, so there's lots of opportunities to get people. People plugged in, and the other thing, Scott, is I used to have here for all the time. I used to hear people say, "Well, I'd like to guide a group, but I don't know who I'd invite. I don't know who I would invite. I just don't know enough people, uh, or whatever." And when you start opening up virtual, you you know your uh, your pool of eligibility goes way up because everybody's got family members, ex college roommates, or you know whatever who live in other cities. And when you can invite people from all around the country, it's a whole different deal. So uh, yep. it's pretty exciting, yeah. Yeah. Well, um, anyway, uh, well, I guess we'll take our sales hat off, but, uh, <laughs> again, we just want to help people find groups if they're, if they want to find one. So, um, one last little thing I just want to ask you about is you're, you're also Scott helping, uh, helping this with the international task force that we formed uh, about a year ago, um, because we're getting more and more requests internationally and international is a whole nother deal because we start looking at, uh, translation projects and all this and that so you want to just give us a quick overview of what's going on there internationally
1: okay uh there's a, a pretty good overlap and, and connection between the the virtual and the and the international of course uh a number of people that that have contacted us through the website uh are from other countries and uh and the the uh the U version bible uh uh devotions and and reading plans i uh, have brought in a number of people that way. It's 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 been a great uh a great way for people to learn about influencers and, and about the journey. So uh it's it's a, a pretty common story when I ask people how'd you hear about the journey that, that's that's the the answer they give. Well I, I got on a U version Bible app and and I wanted to to have a reading plan and 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 this one really touched my heart and and uh, it was it was from influencers and and kind of made that connection. But of course, over over time, we've gotten more of those. Well, the ministry's grown. so you, we've gotten more of most everything. but uh, but we did Tom and i have have guided a couple international groups, and so we've got a few international uh, participants in in uh, groups um that uh, you know others had started much in the same way you were just talking about sometimes relatives or uh, someone that was connected in some other way through their church or something else that happened to be in another country that when they realized well I'm, I'm doing a virtual group they could they could be a part of it have have uh, have come into the fold and so i am uh i'm i am fielding a number of those uh contacts that that come from other countries and then as tom and i have have guided uh these these groups that internationally and we've had participants but from several other countries, uh, that have uh, been a part of that. And I have the opportunity to try to get to know people who are registering, you know, from other countries and see how we can, how we can plug them in. It has been really exciting to see how, how God has worked in that. And, uh, Tom's fond of saying, "Who who would have ever thought we were uh, missionaries to other countries when, <laughs> when we were you know uh, first getting started with this?" But in in many ways, that's that's what's happened. And I, I mean, there's there are a lot of exciting stories and fun fun things to tell about. But uh, we we're both just so thrilled uh, to to see what's what has happened in Rwanda. Uh, that mm. that uh, there were a few different African countries involved in. One of the groups that we did last year, but the, uh, the the gentlemen that that were in Rwanda were the ones that really took hold. And when we offered uh guide training after commencement, they they jumped on board and wanted to do that. And now they're they're leading their own group in in Rwanda, which you've mentioned on podcasts before. And it's it's just uh, it's an exciting story. But we've got potential to be doing that and. In uh, several other areas too, we've we've got uh, you know I, I could list the countries, but those those in in several other countries that are either in the journey now or are uh, soon to to participate, and like you mentioned, that that opens up that it caused us to create this international task force where we we've got. Two of our guides from Rwanda and, and then people from Costa Rica and, and Colombia and, and others from America that are sometimes leading uh, journey groups in other languages, some of which we've translated into, and, and then some of these were are in the process of translating into, into new languages. Uh, Ken Lander is fond of, of reminding us uh, on the international task force that are in America that america is part of international so it's not (laughs) it's not not, sometimes we speak of international as if it's foreign as it's all those outside america but that's not what it's called it's called international passport so where america is a nation just like Mm -hmm. these other these other nations are so uh, so he'll remind us of that, but it's been exciting to be a part of that group. We have worked on uh, kind of standardizing a process when we move into a new people group or country or, or language. What we've seen effective, and how God has has shown us uh, different things that have been the right steps to bring uh, the journey into into a new group. And and we've had some successes, and we've had some that weren't uh, quite as successful. And that's helped us all learn from that and and know better what to do next time but um, the, the Costa Rica model and the Rwanda model are they're pretty high on our list of this is the way to do it because of the successes that we've that we've seen in, in those areas uh, and there and there's some other areas where we realized uh, things like not having a champion in that mm-hmm. country. You know, even if all the signs are uh, there are people here that are interested, if there's not somebody there to to champion the cause, you can, you can put a lot of money and a lot of effort into it and it not be very successful. But when you've got someone who's gone through the journey, knows how much it's impacted their life, realizes this is a way they can impact other lives of people in their country, in their culture and they are are anxious to be able to move forward with it even if there are financial needs to translate literature into their language our influencers community when they see that when they see god changing lives and to see the opportunity and people are begging for it uh, it's easy to it's easier to donate to that cause it's it's mm-hmm. uh it's it's exciting to be able to see how how a guy can do that. So that, that's what we've seen, and we've mm-hmm. it, it's it's been great to hear the different stories of how God's working in in different countries, and it's it's uh, it uplifts us all. I mean, mm-hmm. well, we can we can see God at work and 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 see how He's doing it. This this old model of guides aren't leaders. They're not teachers. They're not they're not uh, the the ones that are that have all the answers. They're just going on the same trek they've happened to have been on before. They may know some of the turns and the twists, but they're going on this journey along with these new participants, just like a a a guide on a on a hike. He or she might have. Might might know what what's over the hill and and a little bit more about the trail they're on, but but they may have a unique experience this time because of the weather conditions or the time of year or the participants that are on this this uh, this this journey with, and that's exactly the way the way it is for us going through the journey, a number of times it's still a unique experience every time.
0: Hmm. Well, and and uh, and we've always been praying for champions to be raised up in in new cities in the U.S., but but also in in other cities, and in the past, I mean, internationally. But um, in the past, before virtual, you know, we did some training and all that. But a lot of times, they still didn't understand how to lead a journey group, you know, and this is why we always say it's better to go through it first. And, uh, in the past we couldn't always do that because we didn't have the ability. Now there's no excuse. Everybody can go through the journey before they lead one because of virtual and we, and so most of these champions internationally are bilingual. You know, they speak English, but they also speak their net, their native tongue. And, and they're the best people to get, get it and understand it. And then, you know, bring it to their people, you know? So, uh, Yeah. So that's kind of what we've seen with Rwanda and Costa Rica and Colombia, all that. So,
1: yeah, exactly right. And we've been able, of course, using the, the Zoom technology to go through the group. Then whenever we do guide training, we can easily, easily train those people that were ready to move on. And then we've even been able to do some other interesting things in some of us who uh, were leading them in, in Rwanda or this other international group would could actually participate in some of their meetings that they're mm-hmm. guiding, you know, yeah. uh, via Zoom. We even did one meeting where we combined two international groups for one meeting. They happened to be on the same session the same night. And when we discovered that, we thought, wouldn't it be great if these people in these different countries could meet each other be, uh, via Zoom and Actually, be in discussion about what they were all together uh, doing in their assignments in Scripture the previous mm. uh, two weeks. So, it's it's it, there are a lot of things like that that open up when, whenever mm. you uh, whenever you have this this uh, this opportunity. Oh, no, it, definitely. It's it's uh, there, there there are lots of other things being discussed. Look what we <laughs> could do, and and yeah. I think there's going to be a lot of new experiences that we see over the over the next few years too that. Uh, some of which we may not have imagined yet.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, so you know, here's the challenge to all you out there listening: just uh, be praying about you know what God would have you do. Have, what part could you play in a virtual the virtual movement, uh, the international movement? Uh, I'm thinking about the prayer of Jabez, uh, where you pray for God to enlarge your territory. So, you know, your your influence may stretch beyond your city; it may be in into other cities and other countries. And so, uh, so anyway, we if you're interested in being part of that, contact us, and I'll you'll end up getting in contact with Scott Lawson or myself and and we'll be trying to figure out how we can help you get plugged into this movement. So uh, pretty exciting. Oh, well thank yes. you Thank you, Scott, for your time today. I uh, appreciate that and uh, thank you for serving in this ministry.
1: It's so. my pleasure, really.
0: All right. Well, good. Well, uh, you've been listening to the Influencers Network podcast, and uh, you can find more of our podcast anywhere you stream your podcast on Google, Apple, uh, Spotify, or or you can go to our website, influencers.org. And we have a whole podcast page with the whole library. We, we just finished our uh, journey podcast series where we went through every session of the journey. And I interviewed different leaders in our ministry talking about the different topics. And that was pretty special. You might want to check that out as well. So, but anyway, seriously, if you're interested in, in, checking out more about how to be a virtual group guide, or if you want to go through a group virtually, um, or want to know a little bit more about the international, please contact us and we'll, uh, we'd love to get you, get you plugged in. So my name is Brian Craig. I'm executive director for influencers, global industries, and I'm going to keep encouraging you to abide in Christ and go make disciples. God bless you.